This episode of the Damn Podcast is brought to you by Scott Santana Farmers Insurance in Kaiser, Oregon. For all insurance questions, call Scott Santana at 503-393-6771. Welcome back in another edition of the Damn Podcast. Brandon Sprague, 1080 The Fan, Angie Machado, BeaverBlitz.com. How you doing, Angie? I'm great. You make me sound really cool the way you do the little intro. What do you mean? I don't know. Just you have a good radio voice. Ah, uh, yeah, it's okay. I, I, don't, I, I like, don't have a good radio voice. See, you know what's funny about that is I feel like everybody says that about themselves, and I, I hate hearing my voice. Like, when I hear it, I'll instantly walk away, God, I sound terrible. <laughs> and I feel no, you like sound the, good. I feel great. Like, I, when I hear you, and, you know, you've talked about rather being in person, I think you sound great in person or on the phone. Oh, well, thanks. So but, yeah. Just, it's, it's compliment time here. Yeah, but we're yeah, just paying each other compliments, I guess. I didn't expect us to start that way in the yes, podcast. Yes, well, we we like to keep everyone on their toes, including ourselves. Indeed. We are not going to be recapping Colorado at all. I'm not going to get into that. Angie doesn't want to get into that. I don't think people, I don't think you guys want to get into that. They lost, they lost, we move on. Uh, they play Utah. Oregon State plays Utah. They have just two wins. Halloween night game, 4 o'clock at Rice-Eccles. And Angie, you think what? It's going to be a tough one for Oregon State. I mean, it's uh, I mean, it's it's kind of both ends of the spectrum as far as Pac-12 talent is concerned. You have a Utah team that, while they lost last week to USC, is kind of at the top of their game right now, and an Oregon State team who is, you know, down and out a little bit and, and rebuilding. So um, while I know the coaches, this is a, a big game for them. There's so many ties between Utah, Oregon State, uh, the friendships. Mm-hmm. I, I just don't see how this pencils out as an Oregon State win. Yeah, I'm, I'm, I mean, I'm, I'm with you there. I think most people are. It's, it's, um, and, and I think it's at a point now for Oregon State in this season, having lost four straight um, and just having the two wins on the season anyway. I do think it's kind of at a point now where you just find little things that you can build off of and positives that you can take away. You know, being, being in Portland, and, you know, you, you're, just, you're just down the road from Portland anyway. You're up here too. Like being in this city, an example is like looking at the Trailblazers, and a lot of people might not expect a ton of wins, but you want to find something that you can build off of, and I think that's what Gary Anderson and this coaching staff can do with this team the rest of the way. Oh, definitely, and and this team is, you know, Gary Anderson doesn't want to make excuses, and and this being a young team and all, but it is a young team. I mean, facts are facts. There's a lot of a lot of freshmen, redshirt freshmen on this squad, and it's time to start. Win or lose, it's time, like you said, to build that foundation for next year and, and find the guys that, as he calls, war daddies. You want the guys that are going to go to war with you and uh, will put it all on the line. I think we saw the, the emergence of Ryan Nall this mm-hmm. past week, um, especially with all the re- injuries now at, at uh, running back. And, you know, it's tough going out there without um, Sean Harlow. That was a huge injury. Left tackle yeah. is out for the season. Treston Deku and Larry Scott are both out, so you have your starting cornerbacks out. Just a lot of kind of unfortunate things, I guess that's the best way to say it. And it happens to everybody. Injuries happen to everybody, but when Oregon State is as young as they are, it, it hurts even worse. But finding, like you said, those bright spots, whether it's a running back that steps up or some linemen or you know, holding Utah. I mean, let's just see him stop Booker and try to keep them from scoring as, as often as possible. Did we find out what happened to Deku? You know, I never have heard. I mean, he was back in the locker room yeah. after the game. So um, moving all extremities, i I guessing it's concussion protocol, but mm-hmm. what a scary, scary moment. I know was, you were over in Bend, yeah. but it was the press box. The stadium was silent when all that went down. Well, yeah, and rightfully so. You don't like that. I think that's the part of football that we all hate. It's the ugly part of football, and you, you never want to see that happen to anybody. I don't care what team he's on, but it's especially scary when it's your team. Um, I, I was really excited about Ryan Nall. And again, we're not getting into Colorado, but going forward, Ryan Nall at the running back position. And a lot of credit needs to be given, in my opinion, to Storm Woods. Of Storm Woods could easily be the senior in this situation that says, look, this is my last year here. I'm leaving. I want to try to give a give the NFL a shot to to see what I can do and put myself in a better position. And to his credit, and the coaching staff has commented on it, watching him kind of step aside and then getting to watch Ryan all have a game like that, uh, I think that is something that does leave you encouraged. Like a majority of listeners on our show when we talked about that game, and I think a majority of listeners on this podcast, 
can agree that like we were waiting all year long to watch Ryan Nall really get a shot. He finally did, and you walk away saying, "Man, what took so long for that to happen?" Yeah, definitely. Um, just strong, physical, and uh, he he has a little more speed than I think people at first thought. But you know, along those lines, Storm. I know Storm has taken some heat for not being ready. People are really wondering what's going on there. I don't want to get into into specifics because I don't know exact specifics. But what I can say is, you know, quit giving Storm trouble. I mean, I've heard some some things through some pretty good sources that his knee is not as good as some people have come out saying it is. Mm-hmm. And, you know, seriously, the guy is a warrior. He loves the Beavers. And, uh, yeah, he wants a shot at the next level. So, um, you know, whatever it takes for him. And then talk uh, along those same lines with the kudos. And I know we weren't going to talk about Colorado, but no, give yeah. the staff kudos. That offensive staff, they mix some stuff up. Yeah. On uh, I love seeing, you know, Mitchell and Collins in the backfield. I thought that was a, a really good move. It it changed some things up. And this is a staff that's doing anything. This isn't a build, you know, for next year. They're trying to get some wins this year, and it's moving defenders to different positions. It's tweaking things as best they can to get this team in the best position to win a game. Do you like War Daddy or Wrecking Null? Better as a nickname for Ryan Null. Ooh, I don't I – th- I think Anderson uses War Daddy for, you know, some comment or, you know, kind of as his term because I've heard him – there was a, a little meme with Jordan Villeman that uh-huh. went out on Twitter a little bit ago, but or last week. But wrecking null—that's a—that's a new one. Or I've heard Nallball. Yeah, Nallball. Well, I had a listener. Uh, I had a listener tweet me a picture of Miley Cyrus naked on a wrecking ball with his face <laughs> superimposed on it. <laughs> uh, that, I don't know if I would really like to see that. But, I can't hey. unsee it, Angie. Like, yeah, that's I what mean, sucks it's about like those. burned on your retinas now. Yeah, it's forever burned into my brain. The other thing, too, is it seems like, uh, and I saw a report that Seth Collins uh, may not play. He injured himself, so his status is kind of questionable slash unknown. Yeah, if, left practice early today. Stretching. Of, stretching, all, of yeah. all ways to get injured, stretching. Uh, I, you know, I don't want to see him out because of injury, but I will say that I want to see a game with just Nick Mitchell. We've seen Seth Collins get a game. McMarion's gotten some reps, not a whole game. If you're going to throw Nick Mitchell and you're going to give him more plays in a game in terms of trusting his arm, I want to see him kind of thrown in there and kind of see what you can get from him anyway. Even if it's not going to end in a win, what what can you get from Nick Mitchell? And, and see, all along, Nick Mitchell's had the better arm. And, you know, McMarion kind of came out of the left field. And, you know, I can go back to the last staff, you know, scout team. Nick Mitchell was leading the, the way to be the starter, starting quarterback this, past, this year. Mm-hmm. Granted, that was going to be a pro-style offense, but Nick Mitchell has a better arm. He did do some run in high school, so, you know, he has, he has some mobility to him. It, it was getting to be, and I've, I've had this debate on some, with some fans on Twitter about, you know, Nick Mitchell's too one-dimensional, that all he does is throw. Well, I'll throw right back at you. Seth Collins is one-dimensional because all he's going to do is run. Mm-hmm. So, I, I, like I said, I like seeing both of them back there because it gives the offense a, a double dimension that they don't have with just one of those guys. But I will say being able to throw the ball with the experience at receiver is, is a definite positive it's just those receivers need to come down with catches yeah and I, I think going into utah you look at this matchup utah's coming off of their first loss of the year they're already i mean they're already a really talented team but now they're pissed off it's like the worst possible situation in terms of even looking at a possible win and we know how tough rice Eccles can be to play in anyway um but this is what happens with a team of you're rebuilding and it's not an easy place to be but when you suffer some of the injuries that they have in the secondary with Deku and and now with Harlow, is this is where you find out about the lack of depth? And it's not like people didn't know about that, but like you really kind of your eyes are open to how limited you really are. Yeah, definitely. I mean, there's just so so much youth, so lack of t- you know. When we went into the season, I, I remember my curse started because I was you know calling out uh, Tim Cook was going to be the running back that open the door for Oregon State. Now they're down not only Tim Cook, but Storm Woods is limited. Mm-hmm. Chris Brown is injured. Yep. Damian Haskins is injured. Yep. It's, um, yeah, it, cornerback is thin. So many areas on this roster right now are thin um, or very youthful. I, I say thin and youthful are kind of interchanged because some of these guys, but yet it's time for them to grow up. I, I watched the drive last night on the Pac-12 Network, and 
there was a, a spot where Coach Anderson was talking to Dwayne Williams, you know, redshirt freshman cornerback, and he said, you know, you're young, but it's time to grow up. You can handle this. Yeah. You know, let's. So that's that's what we need to see from from the whole team. You know, there's an element too because we're going to get into recruiting here in a second, but there's an element of the coaching staff. Um, that I've liked what I've seen in spurts. Obviously, the win losses, it's, it's not what everybody thought, but I, I do wonder. There's a part of me that kind of wonders. The coaches were really good all off season of saying, you know what, we're gonna we're gonna do the best we can of competing, and we we're not looking at this as like a rebuild. Like they weren't viewing it the same way most people were. I'm wondering if they really drank the Kool-Aid on that, and if they're a little surprised of where they're at right now, like little shocked because. I, 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 I want to credit this properly, and apologies if I don't. I don't remember where I saw this story, but I, I think I saw a quote about Gary Anderson had had made his mind up about Corvallis and Oregon State, and he was going to go there no matter what, that he didn't even look at the roster. And so if that is 100%, if that came out to be true, um, I just wonder how much of this season has taken the coaching staff aback a little bit of saying, Man, we thought it'd be a little tough, but this is like this is a little tougher than we thought it would be. Yeah, and I mean they're obviously not going to say anything publicly, and and it's a hard thing to to do just because you know a lot of these kids are trying. It's not like they've all just given up. They're they're nice guys. They they're trying their hardest. But I, I think I, I keep being reminded of Tedford's last year at Cal, and then the the transition with Sunny Dykes. Mm-hmm. And I don't want to say the cupboard's bare because that, again, makes me sound like I am, you know, dissing this, this group of young men. But I think any coach coming from, a, come from afar would have thought there would have been a little more depth and talent coming from a program that had a, you know, a tenured coach yeah. that Oregon State had. Yeah. I think that's, Not a group of freshmen. Yeah, I think that's a really good point of – you think somebody like a, a Riley leaving, and it's like, oh yeah, there's a really good chance that there's way more there than than just the group of 52 freshmen on your roster. Yeah, I mean, this usually when it, when a staff's been around for a while, you, you they've had a chance to really develop a system and having you know a good mix of seniors, juniors, sophomores, the balance that Coach Anderson talks about, and what he, what they left behind was more what you would see from a staff you know that left after you know two years. You know some of the staffs that jump around a lot. Um, it was, but no, he, you know, he knew going in that he wanted to be at Oregon State. He said publicly, Coach Anderson has said publicly that he loves rebuilding. You know that's what he likes to do. So, what better way to rebuild than at Oregon State? Mm-hmm. Well, how? But you- you're right. He, I mean, don't you like listening to him and his press conferences? I mean, there's a clear vision. He knows what he wants, and uh, I think from a fan perspective at least from at Beaver Blitz, the fans just have bought in and say, yeah, I mean, go do it. Yeah, I don't think there's any doubt that fans are, are all in on, on what he's doing and what the staff is doing. And you talk about building. How do you build, Angie? How do you build a college program? You, I mean, the players, recruiting. You, you recruiting, boom. Yeah, that, that's my bad. I didn't really set you up very well there. But that was <laughs> I was my... thinking recruiting, but I was like, what's he doing with I that? I was hoping you just like, oh, yeah, recruiting. Oh, speaking of recruiting, Angie, guess what's been going on for Oregon State lately? Been doing it, it's, a... been, it's been fun. Recruiting has really picked up steam. Well, and you went to – you. Uh, kudos to you. You were the creepy stalker soccer mom this year. <laughs> I, was, I was the creepy stalker mom. You, uh, you followed the kids from Chandler who visited during the Colorado game. You followed them to the airport. You, you got them down at the airport to kind of interview them real quick before they flew out. Uh, what were the impressions that were left on, on those young men that haven't been to beaverblitz.com yet uh, to be able to check out those videos? Well, yeah, and, and we made those videos open. So if you're, even if you're not a member of Beaver Blitz, go check them out because we, we did. I, I caught up with the two defensive ends, Isaac Garcia and Shamaya Whitson, and then I made it back to uh, check in with Chase Lucas and Mason Moran, the quarterback uh, from Chandler who's committed. And, you know, it, it was interesting. It was, it was kind of fun because I, I saw the, other, the first two, the defensive ends, pull in, so I kind of chased them down, and they weren't responding to my texts, and so I – introduce myself and poor Isaac Garcia. He's like, I'm sorry. I just kind of woke up. I fell asleep in the car. (laughs) So they're pretty short. I I couldn't get a super good read on either of those guys. There are, I I knew Shemaya enjoyed his trip and uh, you know, he, I, he said something that he was looking for a place that he 
could feel like he could call home for four or five years. And I said, do you feel that way with Corvallis? He got a big grin on his face, and he said, yes. Isaac is from Bellevue, Washington, uh, originally committed to USC, opened things back up. He's a high three-star. Some services have him a four-star. Mm-hmm. Um, he was a little more, you know, guarded. And uh, he's already visited Utah, now visited Oregon State, and told me that he was going to check out Cal and um, Arizona State. Okay, perfect. This was Monday. And then he comes out yesterday and says he will be committing on Friday. So he'll have a press conference tomorrow and will announce his decision. So that obviously bodes very well for Oregon State and Utah, the two schools he has visited. And uh, it really kind of brings down to the point of, you know, for the co- I mean, the coaches always make follow-up calls. Utah, I'm sure, is making follow-up calls. And this is where you start seeing that, hey, you've seen what we can offer. Yeah. We need to build this class. You're either in or you're out. So, um, you know, Oregon State has a, a definite shot there with him. Shamaya Whitson is also I, – I expect him to commit. He told me today that he wants to take one more trip, but uh, we will have that story as soon as he commits. And uh, he told me that we would be in touch when he's ready to commit. And then the Chandler duo. So, And Keel Harry did not make the trip. I know last week we were talking about a five-star visitor, wide receiver, and Keel Harry. Uh, He suffered a high ankle sprain at Chandler's game last Friday night, had to stay behind for treatment on that. So it was four-star running back Chase Lucas Uh and three-star quarterback Mason Moran. And catching up with those guys, I mean, Mason, it just solidified him even more. Great young man, super leader. He's already helping recruit his teammates. So – Chase Lucas loved it. In fact, when we interviewed him, he was decked out in a beaver hat, beaver sweatshirt. He was, you know, he loved everything about it. I asked him if he was planning to take other trips. And at the time, he told me on Monday, Monday morning, he said, I may be taking a trip with my friend Hamilcar to Nebraska. So um, Hamilcar Rashid is a three-star defensive end linebacker at at Chandler High School. Oregon State had not offered him, but we're keeping a a pretty close eye on him. And his older brother was actually Kevontae Du, who just committed to men's basketball. Mm -hmm. So um, there were some connections there. Tuesday night, um, word comes out that Hamill Carr received an offer and committed on the spot to Oregon State. So he informed me that he will not be taking his trip to Nebraska. Boom. He is solid with Oregon State. So now I have not checked in with Chase, but if Hamilcar is not going to Nebraska, I'm very, I would be surprised if he takes a trip to Nebraska. So there you go. That that kind of breaks everything. And look at that. You know what's best about what you just said? Everything. Um, I didn't have to read 140 character tweet. I actually got an explanation on stuff. You got everything. Yes, it's hard on those tweets. You know, to give like a, a behind the story there. So, well, I just, Hamilcar's awesome. Yeah. Um, great kid. Really kind of he he hadn't been rated yet. So, um he had a few offers, but he he was planning to make the trip this past weekend to Corvallis, but had to take his ACT before he made that trip. So, he will be visiting here soon. But there are some guys I'm still watching. I mean, Chase Lucas told me December 10th is the day he's kind of circled as a commitment date. So, um, Are we feeling good about that? I do. I feel very good about him right now. Um, you know, obviously UCLA is still in play. I mean, there's a lot of big-time schools. He's a very good talent. But he loved his trip and uh, has the connections there with, you know, Mason, his quarterback. I asked him during the interview, I said, how would it be to be playing with your quarterback at co- in college? And he looked at him and he goes, yeah, you know, we have big things planned. It gave me the idea that, you know, he was really on board now. A lot changed. I mean, they, these guys always come back hyped after a trip. So um, you can't read a ton into it. But the sooner Oregon State can get him locked up, th- the better. And, because Oh, go ahead. Sorry. Oh, because guys want to play with other top prospects. So if you're getting these four- and five-star kids looking at your program, committing to your program, it makes other kids kind of stop and take note, like, whoa, what's going on at Oregon State? i got to check that out. Well, and if I'm not mistaken, uh, Nkeel Harris is, is making his decision next week, right? Like early next week? Yes, Monday. So that's not so good for the Beavs, uh, just because he has not visited. I really see this one. He's visited Washington and Texas A&M and obviously ASU. A&M was a really good trip for him, so... That that could be right there where he goes. Probably Washington's yeah. a little a little scary just because it's Washington. Mm-hmm. Uh, Chase Lucas did visit with him, but um, like I said, he has a good relationship with Mason and Hamilcar. So um, yeah, it's it's never a dull moment in recruiting. So 
Um, we'll be keeping tabs on Isaac Garcia, Shamaya Whitson, Chase Lucas. Marcus Strong is another one, um, a DB out of Fontana, and also Victor Victor Butler and um, Justin Wait. Strong's little brother. Oh, really? Yes. So he is uh, a safety cornerback down there and loves Oregon State. Now he hasn't. He's making his official visit in two weeks for UCLA. But um, I mean, it's obvious. I mean, he knows the program. He's been yeah. around a lot. So uh, he's one I'm watching too because I think that one could pop here at you know any time. Well, that's pretty exciting stuff too, and to just know there's a legacy there and kind of intact. It, you know, the the legacies can work for you and they can work against you. Yeah, um, that's true. You know, legacies are great when guys. You know, but then look at Evanson Bernard. You know, I, I'll never forget talking to Gio, and you know everything in him said, "I I love Coach Riley. I love." Coach Langsdorf, I've already told, you know, but I want to blaze my own trail. I, I, you know, I want to do my own thing. So they can work for you in the case of like a Justin Strong but or a Jaquiz Rogers, but they can also go the other way. That's true. That's, that's a very good point. You know, what, what, what do we know in terms of, because I think this is the fun part of doing this podcast of talking recruiting is I'm obviously not as in the know at all as you are. And, and again, all the great coverage at beaverblitz.com. What do we know? Because this program clearly is in a point of um, they need impact. They need impact right away. And they're going to get a lot of that from some of the guys who played this year and the experience that they got and they earned and, and playing next year. But of the guys that have committed, and there's been a couple four stars in there, we, a lot of guys are excited for Mason Moran. What, what do we know about guys who are going to come in and make an impact, like an Isaac Garcia? Yeah, I mean, a guy like Isaac Garcia, Oregon State obviously needs help at defensive end. They need some guys to help they, shore up those so, edges. Yeah, they need some help on the line. So, um, you know, they have, I mean, Hamilcar Rashid. I, I think he needs to put on some weight. He's a 6'4", 217 right now. Um, depending on how fast he can put on weight, Joel Robinette is another. He's 6'8", 225 right now. But big, rangy defensive end. These, this, the staff knows what they want. Uh, Michael Johnson, I, cornerback, is going to be a big position for, for this, you know, coming class. Michael Johnson is the lone JC commit right now, and uh, he's been committed since the summer, so he's one to watch. But a guy like Christian Tom- or Christian Wallace, Sherrod Thompson, those are the two four stars. You know, we, we talk about stars all the time, and yes, a four- and five-star kid is excellent. I mean, they, they are the top of their game. But See, I'm not always what- convinced about some of that stuff. Like, I, I think it's exciting stuff, but... Again, like you mentioned, like you've you've told you said this before too. Like when kids go on a visit, because of just said visit, their star goes up one or two stars. Like it just yeah, yeah. sometimes it can be really skewed. And I think it's great the athletes and players they've gotten thus far. But I think there's also some excitement in a lot of these three star kids, these two and a half type star kids, because if they would have visited just one school, they're a three or four star kid themselves. Yeah, and a lot of it has to do with just being ready to play now. I mean, you look at some of these guys. And the guys that are three or four and five stars are the guys that are physically ready to play now. Whereas a, a two or three star, like a Joel Robinette is a two star, he's six eight, two twenty five. Okay, he's he's too small to play D one right now. Yeah. But you put thirty pounds on him, forty pounds on him, and I mean he'll be a monster. So, um, you know, a guy like Christian Wallace is already six two over two hundred pounds. Get him out there as a safety, as a cornerback. Um, and he'll be ready to go, depending on how quickly he can pick up the defense. But, um, yeah, Oregon State is, is doing really well addressing needs, um, just going after physical. You know, they have a running back, Artavis Pierce, who has kind of had a quiet year. His team in Florida has not been stellar. It's uh, Auburndale. It's outside of Orlando. And smaller conference, but, you know, he had a big game last week. And, yeah. And rattled off, and and then even local Oregon State's been really looking at local talent, and I've been really impressed with Trevon Bradford. Trevon is a wide receiver out at Oregon City, and I think he had four touchdowns this past week. So, um, really solid player. John Bates is another in-state kid, six six two ten. We we talked to him on the on the damn podcast. Um, But you know they're they're really going after some guys that can come in and at least compete. Now, like a Mason Moran, I don't see him coming in and playing immediately because I have Daryl Garrettson right there. I I truly expect Daryl to to be fighting for uh, playing time next year. And you'll have Mitchell and Collins as well. And Mitchell and Collins, McMary, and that whole crew. So, um, but give Mason a year in the system, he'll be ready to get in there and compete as well. Now we. I, I, I apologize for this because this is this was all me. Like I'm not gonna blame Angie at all for this. 
I forgot to tweet out for questions, for damn questions this week on my Twitter account. Wednesday is usually the day I do it, but Wednesday this week was the kickoff of Blazer season. And, you know, like when you host a sports radio show in Portland, you're going to talk a lot of Blazers and there's going to be a lot of Blazer stuff that you got to pay attention to. So I just, I spaced it. I feel really bad about it. But did you get anything on Blitz? We uh, did. We okay. got some questions, but a lot of them are recruiting. So that's going to be me Let's... asking questions and me answering questions. No, you know what, though? I, 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 like, I like hearing the information and, you know, occasionally I like chiming in, too, on some of this stuff. So Jump Drive, which, Joe, I love you. You're a great Beaver fan. He asks about recruiting. Who besides the Chandler kids do we think uh, will be a big surprise in recruiting that we may or may not know about? And then also about he wanted to know who is returning from mission that we may be looking at as well. So I think that's a big question too. For it's a, lot a of huge question. So um, several, you know, there's there's a lot of names I've been hearing out there that are potentials to watch for. I am not ready to go on the record with that because if I name some of the names I'm hearing, you guys would all think I'm smoking something because they're they're big time, big time recruits. So um, why why would okay hold on a second. This is where I think it's it's helpful <laughs> that I'm here for. Why would you tease us like that? Like I'm I'm like a listener here for this, and you say that, and I'm thinking, well, freaking tell me. This is the damn podcast. There, there are some names. Think USC commits. I'll leave it at that. USC commits five star. There's a handful out there, and I've heard several of those names that are suddenly because the coach is not there anymore. Yeah, yeah, and I'm gotcha. also looking at Miami too. Um, now, this is just me speculating, but uh, you know, Miami's coach is leaving. Tell you, Lockett's got a good foot He's in gone. there. Yep, uh, Lockett is big down in South Florida. Yep. I'm watching that closely, closely. So, um, but yes, there's a few names. Um, you know, a, a few weeks ago we teased that there might be another visitor. That visitor is a, is a five-star kid that was committed to USC or is committed to USC, did not make the trip. So a lot of this I hear through the grapevine. We have recruiting analysts all over the country. They hear little tidbits. I get that info, but, it, you know, a lot of it is chatter. You know, they talk about, like, the the whole, you know, what is it, homeland security? Yeah. You hear a lot of chatter and not much of it comes to fruition. I, I get a lot of chatter every day, guys, uh-huh. a lot. So, um, But believe me, I'm back on the damn podcast every week, and if any of these do come to fruition, you guys will be the first, well, after Blitz, the first to know. So. <laughs> no, you need to tell Blitz, but will you say this? Like when that when it happens, we'd be like, yeah, you remember when I teased some names? Well, this is one of the names. Okay, you want to name one of the names I have heard is Miki Warren. Well, no, no, yeah, I, well, okay. So, it's know, great to get the name out, but I was yeah. I was just saying, like, if the name did turn out, would you be willing to come on and say, yeah, that was one of the names yeah. I was referring? Okay. Yeah, yeah, definitely. So that was one. Um, Miki Warren, I've heard, um, he is looking around. He's looking around at a lot of big time programs, but uh, I have an analyst that uh, has called me up and said, hey, total long shot, but you never know if this could happen. So, Gosh, look at you just teasing me. I actually. Um, I got an email this morning from a listener, presumably, of the damn podcast. He couldn't find your email information. Do you want to give that out for people? Your uh, Beaver Blitz one? My e- I don't give my email out. Uh, your Beaver Blitz one? Well, but, okay, it's just Beaver fans. No, 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 no. You don't want to do it. I don't want, I don't want to pressure you into that. No, just, it's good. I, it's, no, it's I, I didn't know. I didn't know. I didn't know. So, Angie? It's, it's super easy. It's Angie at BeaverBlitz.com. Okay. So anyway. They'll be selling it on the black market, folks. <laughs> I get enough spam spam emails as it is. Angie um, at BeaverBlitz.com. Okay. Angie at BeaverBlitz.com. So I got this one from a listener named Joseph Maley. And he goes, do you know, he asked, this is a recruiting question, so it's mainly you. Do you know if Johnny Stanton of Saddleback JC is on the recruiting list for the Beavers? I had planned to ask Angie this at BeaverBlitz.com. We couldn't find her email. Um, Thanks for your help. We are pulling for the new coach and his staff, longtime Beaver fans, and season ticket holders. That's from Joe Maley, Joseph Maley, asking about Johnny Stanton of Saddleback JC. (laughs) Okay. This is going to be a way longer answer than you need to know, Joe. Oh, yes. But I've got a good story with Johnny Stanton. Oregon State, he's more of a pro-style guy. So, you know, he, I have not heard his name mentioned as looking at Oregon State. But little piece of trivia for you here. Oregon State was recruiting him back as a prep when he was a high school student in Oklahoma, okay, back when Coach Riley was on staff. 
and I called him. I'll never forget the day because it still cracks me up. I was in the parking lot at Research Stadium getting ready for practice, and I'm talking to the kid, and I'm writing down his thoughts about his visit to Oregon State. And I ask him something, and he's total Oklahoma accent, and I can't do it justice. But the way I ask him a question, and he kind of giggles, and he goes, shoot. I don't know. <laughs> I can't do it justice, but it was one of those things that just, that's, I mean, it took, you don't hear shoot, I don't know, in this like long drawl kind of thing. You got some Southern twang. Some Southern twang from Johnny Stanton, and it's, it's one of those things that I'll probably never forget. There's a few things that I've done in my life, you know, here at Beaver Blitz that kind of stick out. Talking to Gio Bernard was one, and Johnny Stanton's shoot, I don't know, was another and he's at Saddleback, which also happens to be where our big JUCO rider, Brad Hoyseth, works. So um, I do keep up on, on what's going on with the Saddleback prospects. It's, Brad does a great job with all the JUCOs, but don't expect to see him at Oregon State, Joe. So Stanton, because of the pro style and the switch in offense, they have moved on from that recruit. Yeah, so, so okay. Stanton, too, when Riley made the move, Stanton was at Nebraska is where he was. Oh, Wow, I didn't know it's that. all this big intertwined world. I yeah, know that it's it's crazy. It, so, you, Joe, long answer for you there, but no. You really opened my eyes with all the recruiting stuff. Oh, there's stories. There's stories. There's stories. I know. Beaver fans, it's, it's comedy. All right, you got some of them. You got more? I do. Gobi77 okay. said, we had some interesting personnel on the field last game. Do you think we see more Mitchell and Collins in the backfield at the same time. Oh, this is like a non-recruiting question. Non-recruiting. So it's for you there, Brandon. Uh, well, this is for us. Um, I think we talk a little quarterbacks kind of at the tail end of this thing. I know we're talking recruiting now, but the Yeah, especially with Collins being injured today. I mean, that kind of threw a, a monkey wrench in things. Well, and I kind of have like, um, I have an interesting question that I, I feel like it's an easy answer for everybody. And I'm a little confused why it's such an easy answer. Should I ask it now? Ask it. Damn question time. Let's go. And I want listeners to think about this one for a second because I was amazed by this. So after the Stanford game, I am always like, I always love getting like feedback and whether it's text on the show, comments on the, on the, on the podcast and just tweets to our, our Twitter handles. I love comments. I love seeing what people are thinking and it's not necessarily representative of everybody, but I like seeing what people are thinking. And after the Stanford game, I would say 90% of the feedback I got personally, was, man, Seth Collins, the future is bright. I loved what I saw. They're just too young, too inexperienced to compete with Stanford. And I I agreed with that point. You're like three or four weeks from that game, removed from that game, and it hasn't gone well. You've lost lost like three games in a row since then, and I know a lot of fans are just, you don't like to see losses, but I'm amazed how many people, and I'll put media included in this, have just like given the starting quarterback gig next year to Daryl Garrettson. And it's, oh, you know what? I'd rather see Nick Mitchell. Seth Collins is a bum. He's done type stuff. And not that they're saying he's a bum, but I'm just amazed that like three weeks ago, we jokingly said, does Oregon State have the best quarterback in the state? And we're forgetting that he's a true freshman. He's 18 years old. He didn't have a single Pac-12 offer until Gary Anderson got to Corvallis. And like three and a half weeks after a Stanford game, we're done with him. Move on. Nick Mitchell should be at the reins. Daryl Garrettson should be the starting quarterback. I've just, I've been amazed by it. Yeah. Well, you know, the most popular player on the entire team is the backup quarterback. That's always the case. That's true. Especially when things are going bad. But my, my biggest thing from Seth was we, start, we saw growth between the first few games. Mm-hmm. But I felt that, my, and this is my opinion, and I don't know what all is going on, but it appears to me that he was trying to run the offense through him and not running the offense the way it should have been run. Does that make sense? He was trying to do it all himself. Yeah, I can, I can understand that. I mean, that's, and that's not what they want. They need a guy that's going to run the offense. Do you like that they play two guys? Because I know you mentioned you liked that the dual backfield uh, formations, but like, do you like that they play like Collins for two possessions and then? I don't like that. See, I don't like I, and, you know the. Yeah. There was a play on last week that they like brought Nick Mitchell in for a third down. It was, mm-hmm. I didn't like that. Let him have the whole series, but um, yeah, with neither of them or no one taking the reins and being the guy. Right, like I said, they're trying to do anything they can, I think, to win some games. 
Yeah, and and I, I I can appreciate that, but like, I I just don't I don't like the two quarterback system. I I don't. I yeah. I get at times like, hey, Seth Collins is in there and Nick Mitchell's in there. One of them's a really good athlete. So what the hell are they going to do? I don't. I just I don't like at all that. You know what? For three possessions, we're going to play Nick Mitchell. And then for four possessions, we're going to play Seth Collins. First of all, they're two different quarterbacks, so it's two different philosophies, two different ideas, two different ways of thinking for the offensive players. Like, the offensive line has to block kind of differently for both. Mm -hmm, They mm -hmm. have to be on their P's and Q's. Wide receivers, same thing. Oh, I I can run my full route here. Oh, Seth is in. i got to break it off early. Like. There's just too many. It's too confusing, I think. And the guys can't get into a rhythm. They no, can't get into a rhythm. You can't get into one they're... at all. And so, you know, I, I, I won't criticize really anything from this staff. It's their first year, and it's clearly a bare cupboard. But I think if there is one thing I would nitpick, it would be that. I just, I just feel like you benefit more by playing. And that's why I'm saying I want to see Nick Mitchell the whole game. I, I don't yeah, want to see yeah. Seth Collins let, if he let does Let Seth play. Collins come in and be either the running back or – be a receiver in motion kind of guy, fly sweep kind of guy, because he is electric yeah, with the ball in his hands. You want to th- throw him off, do it, but I exactly give me one quarterback. I, I just don't – it's never worked. Name a successful team that has played this way. Yeah. I, Northwestern, I guess, did last year. Yeah, they I know Gary success- Anderson talked yeah. to them, but, yeah, it's it's a tough one to, to do. Yeah, I just, I just don't like it. And, then again, I just – it is amazing, and I get it's football and – you watch the tape. He hasn't. Seth Collins has not been good. I will not say that he's been great. I just, I am, I'm a, I guess I'm a little blown away that it, it was predominantly on our show when we talked about it, and social media has kind of been this way. It is predominantly Garrettson is the quarterback next year. That's their yeah. best option. It's like, oh, yeah. so we're just killing time now. I guess yeah, it's just it's just killing time. Yeah. Um. Let's see here. I got. I do have a few more questions. Do we want a few more? Yeah. Let's do a couple more. Wait, wait, we've had a couple here. I mean, Ebbs, 15, Northwest Beaver Believer. The um, They've had some questions about mission guys, and I didn't answer that from Joe either. Oh, yeah, let's let's um, uh, give an update on the mission guys, because those so, are really underrated players anyway, because they come in and usually they're contributors. Yeah, so, you know, Oregon State had a few guys that are going on missions that they signed last in, in 2015 this year, so that's a two-year mission. They'll be hopefully back in two years. Christian Falau, Simi Mawala. But one I'm really watching, he was a Wisconsin signee back uh, two years ago, Ula Tolu Tao. He is out of East High School in Salt Lake City, same school as Christian Folau, and he is expected back this year. He's a big, bruising, running back, linebacker-type player, so um, he's one I'm definitely watching uh, to come possibly to Oregon State. Like I said, he was originally signed at Wisconsin but had had Oregon or had ties to that staff. So he's one I'm watching closely. Hmm. But there's a name for you. Um, there's a couple here, Flight of the Beave and Hal, Halverse M, um, or Northwest Beaver Believer, I guess, had this one, um, asking about Storm. And, you know, the Flight of the Beave said, the Storm situation is odd to me. Is there more to the story than being injured? Are we talking Brandon Roy-type knee issues? He publicly praises Anderson, but the way he is used is almost like he's in the doghouse with the coach. Knee, yeah. concussion, yeah. What's up? I think it kind of just goes to what you were saying of like it's it's not these aren't confirmed. It's just you know it's it's stuff you kind of hear and people talk behind the scenes of the the knee injury might not be. It's like what you said. The knee injury might not be what you think it is. Yeah, I mean it's, and I've heard from several pretty pretty good sources that his knee is not a hundred percent. And you know he he'll tell me and, and you know Storm's one of these guys that he is a team first guy and. You know, I asked him before the season when I had heard this originally. I said, "How's the knee?" And he said, "It's great, hundred percent." But you also, I also know Storm well enough that he's not going to be out there if he can't be at a hundred percent. He knows there's somebody else that can do it. So, um, you know, this whole talk about him being in the doghouse and no, I have not heard anything along those lines. I, I hear quite a bit. Um, I have some good sources, and like I said, not that type of kid and. Definitely nothing I've heard about Doghouse, but um, he's just not 100%. And, you know, kudos to, to Storm because there's a lot of guys out there that would keep pushing it and maybe even do more harm for their team, for themselves. And, you know, he wants the best guy out there that's going to help the Beavers. And so he has sat when he, you know, but, of course, then, you know, with the with the quiet and secrecy of the whole, you know, injury thing, that's what you get. Yeah. Well, and think about this, too. 
he doesn't he doesn't want bad knee injuries reported out there. Oh, tendonitis exactly. in the knee. Like this is a kid that you can think that he's not going to have a chance. He mentally still thinks he's got a shot at the NFL and he'll yeah. have his workout and his day. Uh, he doesn't want it out there that, oh, hey, maybe he does have some lingering knee injury because guess what? NFL scouts, they already don't like drafting uh, running backs in, in the draft. So you don't want to ruin your chances there. And so, you know, and keep him as healthy as you can. And even if his knee's 98%, you know, if it's not feeling right to him, and, and you know, maybe it is concussion. Like, like I said, they're not telling us anything, but I have heard, you know, that it is more of a lingering issue with mm-hmm. with injury so all this, I, I basically just want to get the, the talk stopped about Doghouse and, and him not being a team player because... I've heard nothing but incredible things. Now, I, I am nowhere near connected as you, um, but I have heard nothing but really good things about leadership, about examples, about being kind of a mentor and helping a lot of the young guys on that team about him. Huge, huge mentor. You know, they have him rooming with Seth Collins to, you know, usually they room with you know, other running backs, but, you know, just the leadership Storm brings and the maturity, always been a great, great guy. Indeed. You got any more? Um, like I said, most of them deal, dealt with missions. Um, so this is a long one. Halver, this is the Halverson, Halvers M. So what are your thoughts on the offensive strategy this year? Do you think there has been too intense of a drive to win in that the team is not giving any one philosophy a chance to succeed by seemingly changing it up every week. From what I have observed, the offense does not yet have an identity and that the pressure or drive to win is causing this. Interesting. Um, I don't know what your take on that is going to be. Mine would probably be a little bit yes. I would say that the philosophy is clearly not there. Like I kind of understand what they want to do, but again, this goes back to my quarterback conversation and point of – when you play a guy who can't throw and runs predominantly, and then you put a guy in who throws and doesn't run at all, you're telling your offensive guys like two different things. Hey, guys, be ready to for this play. And then, hey, guys, now we're going to switch it up. It's like you got to stick to one and you got to have continuity. But maybe that comes when you have a better quarterback situation and options than they have. So I, I would say there's a little bit of an identity crisis. But ultimately, uh, maybe we just look back on this year and a year or two and we go, yeah, you know what? That was probably more about them not having the right guy uh, as co- at quarterback. Yeah, no, I, I'm right there with you. I mean, there's been some discussion on Blitz about, you know, is Anderson being too knee jerk in all his changes? You know, is it is it causing more harm than See, good? See, I actually so. don't think it's Anderson at all. I think it's Dave Baldwin in the offense because Anderson's a big defensive guy. Yeah, yeah, and he'll and flat out say. I don't know this offense. Yeah, I think it's McGiven and and Baldwin watching tape and kind of just going back and forth. But you're right. I mean, you have quarterbacks that maybe excel in in two different areas. You don't have a – I mean, that's where the Ducks were so good with Mariota is that he could do both. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And to have that offense, you kind of have to be able to do both somewhat. Exactly, exactly. Uh, Any more? Nope, that's that's what I've got. All right, well, we touched on recruiting there. Uh, A lot of good recruiting nuggets from Angie. And if you want more, go to beaverblitz.com and sign up. Be a member. Be part of that community. It is fantastic. Uh, All the best information in the industry there. Don't just rely on Twitter and a tweet that says, oh, this kid's committed, and then that's it. Get a breakdown. We Angie just broke down certain kids and and what they thought of the visit and why why they're committing and You you can't get better information than what we're giving you in the damn podcast and what beaverblitz.com can give you. So uh, go check it out and become a member. And we have good discussion, too. So it's it's kind of fun. We can bounce things off each other, and there's no trolls from other schools, you know. Yeah, I I, I enjoy the discussions. And, and look, we appreciate the feedback, too, because me and Angie were talking before we started. And a majority of people, they just they don't want to relive and rehash a, a loss, and especially a loss to Colorado. It's an, I, I get it. I, you don't want to talk about it. I don't really either. So um, this is a shorter podcast, uh, and apologies for that, but they play Utah. It's going to be a tough, tough game, uh, and ultimately we'll, see, uh, we'll see, some, see some results, see what we can get from this team defensively and offensively. Ryan Nall and, and everybody else having to fill in. Uh, we'll, we'll go a little longer next week. Um, or oh, wait, Brianna, what's your what's your prediction? Oh, um, let me give you a score. Yeah, uh, I'm gonna go Utah. It's a it's plus twenty three and a half for Oregon State right now. Okay, I do a I do a gambling segment where I give three of my Vegas picks that I actually bet money on every week on the show. 
I am going to include Utah minus 23 and a half. I think they're going to cover that because they're pissed off. Oregon State is not good right now. I think it's going to be Utah eh, somewhere in the range of a 40, 38, and I think it's going to be Oregon State 10. See, that's okay. So we, we had our Ask the Expert today on Beaver Blitz where I, I touched base with the publisher of the Utah site. He said 31 to 10. Yeah. Was what his prediction was. I see. I thought that was being too generous. I for my segment on his site, I said forty-five ten. Yeah, I just it sounds really bad. And I, I mean, they only put up thirteen against Colorado. Yeah, and I I think the ten is very generous, and I think they get to ten because it's in garbage time and they get a touchdown. But I I just I can't imagine that this thing is going to go well. So there you go. So all right, uh, BeaverBlitz.com, Angie Machado, always so gracious to join us on this podcast. So fantastic to talk to you. Oh, it's so good to talk to you too, Brandon. We get all the recruiting nuggets. Uh, 1080 The Fan. 1080 The Sprague, Fan. Yeah. Noon to, th- noon to 3, right? Noon to 3 on 1080 The Fan. Dirt and Sprague. If you're in Portland or you're not in Portland, you can get the 1080 The Fan mobile app. Uh, you can download it. You can stream it for free. Tune in radio as well. So catch that. Uh, we do a lot it's of. It's seriously my favorite time of the week, Thursday afternoon. Yeah, it is mine too. I enjoy doing these podcasts. A lot of fun. It is. Like I, like... I said, it's, it's, our, it's our little free, you know. We do this for the goodness of our heart because it's fun. So thank you, Beaver fans, and uh, for listening to us. Thank you, everybody. The numbers have been great. We appreciate all the feedback, all the damn questions, all the questions on beaverblitz.com. We'll be back next week after Oregon State plays Utah. Oh, by the way, I forgot to ask you this. I what? feel like an idiot. Oh. Before I cancel this, this, I have to get this question in. What is the worst costume you've ever had? The worst costume? For Halloween? Probably. So when I was little, I was like a mascot for North Salem Rally, North Salem High School. My cousin was a a rally girl there. And so I had the full-on uniform, right? Sweater, skirt, pom-poms, the works. So I was kindergarten, whatever grade that is or age that is. Um, But I did not want to be a cheerleader for Halloween. I wanted to be Wonder Woman. And this is back in the day of the plastic aprons and the mask. Okay. You remember those? Yeah. Like they tied in the back, so but they wouldn't let me wear a mask to school, so I had to go in this little plastic apron. That was it. <laughs> that was my worst. Oh my god! My best. I was I dream a genie for a few years in college. Oh, there you go. Yeah, that was my best. That's a how good. about you? Uh, my worst costume. I could go traditional bedsheet uh, ghost, but because I grew up pretty poor, but I'm not going to do that. I'm going to go college, and mine was. For two straight years, because I was really lazy and I don't really care for Halloween, but I had to go to parties, I had a buddy. He was 50 Cent for two years, and I was Eminem. And, uh, I, I can see you as Eminem. That's crazy. <laughs> but here's the here's the kind of the douchey part. <laughs> like, I was such a douchebag because I look back on it, I actually wore a do-rag both years. Nice. You know, the, the do-rags that give uh, black people waves? Yeah, I actually put that on my head. Um, and actually had a guy comment one year at a party. He's like, dude, you're a total tool for wearing that. I almost got in a fight <laughs> with him about it, but, uh, I would for sure say that. Cause I look back and I'm just like, why did I wear that? What a stupid thing. Oh, that's, there you go. See, I, I can see it though. Yeah. I, that see, that's a little unfortunate to me that you can see that. No, I can, I can see Eminem. I can't necessarily see the do-rag, but see, my kids don't get into it. I have one kid, my oldest kid doesn't even want to go trick-or-treating. He wants to hand out candy. <laughs> And the other wants to be a gym teacher, and I'm like, so what how the hell do you drive for a gym? Uh, how do you how do you he dress for? He wears what a... he wears every single day, you know, is <laughs> Nike pants and a hoodie, and I know, think that's a lazy way to puts say. A, puts a whistle around his neck yeah. and carries a clipboard. I mean, seriously, that's hilarious. Like, yeah, my uh, I'm looking forward to it this year. It's I might have to DVR a little what, bit of the game. It's my three year old wants. I know to what she what's she gonna be? She wants to be like eight different things. She wants to be a cone head with me. Oh, that'd be good. Which I'm actually, I think when fathers are happy, like that made me really happy. She loves the Coneheads. Nice. Uh, She loves Hotel Transylvania, so she's into the vampire stuff. Okay. I can dig that. Uh, Princess, obviously. Yes. Um, She mentioned one really weird one. She wanted to be a skeleton. Huh. I, yeah, I don't, I don't really know. Oh, so, I have my, my vision there is the guys from Karate Kid. Remember, they were like skeletons. That's true. Maybe we, maybe we do something like that. I think that's actually that's a really good pull. I need to go watch that movie again. Um, 
Yeah, I don't know what we're ultimately going to decide on. She'll probably change her mind day of and end up being a flower, but uh, we'll see, man. Three years, you know how three years old is oh, a good yeah. age. No, my, my kid tells me last year, a week before, that he wants to be Batman the Dark Knight. Oh. So I had to, you know, Amazon.com, Prime Shipping, get this thing here. So I bought a big, I thought he could wear it again this year, and now, like I said, he wants to be a gym teacher. Oh, that sucks. I, I had good I thought they all, they both, both my kids think the Colonel Sanders commercials are hilarious. So yep. I was like, be Colonel Sanders. <laughs> Carry a bucket, you know? And, yep. Yeah, yep. he he told me yesterday he could be Colonel Sanders. I'm like, well, now where am I supposed to find you a white suit? Seriously. Yeah, well, now it's too late. Too late. Gosh. All right, well. Uh, okay, damn podcasters, have a good time trick-or-treating. May your bucket be filled with chocolate and jujubes or something. May your bucket not be filled um, with Tootsie Rolls. <gasps> I love Tootsie Rolls. I hate people that hand out the Tootsie Rolls. I You're the Tootsie worst. You're, you know what Tootsie Roll? I don't hand, hand them out, but yeah. I love well, you them. know who they are. They're the people who cheaped out on on Halloween. Oh, Tootsies are good. I don't like Tootsie Rolls. Give me like a Twix, a Snickers. Twix are good. Butterfingers. Yeah. I don't you want com- chocolate. Yeah, but like I want the good chocolate. Like Tootsie Roll is a. I, feel I know like, my, my parents used to laugh about that too. They'd always buy the chocolate because you know you can go to Costco and buy the the little cheapy bags of you know Skittles and. But I like that stuff. See, I like the Skittles and the Tootsie Rolls. See, I like Skittles. The fat-free foods. Yeah, no Tootsie Rolls like a fairy takes a dump and wraps it up and calls it a Tootsie <laughs> Roll. That's what that is. No, everybody have a great Halloween. Enjoy the game. Uh, thank you for listening to the Dan Podcast. We'll be back next week. We're going to be back next week. I would like to say thank you one more time to Scott Santana of Farmers Insurance in Kaiser, Oregon. For his information, call 503-393-6771. Scott was very gracious of helping our podcast go into iTunes form, SoundCloud.com, all those fantastic things. So thank you to Scott Santana of Farmers Insurance. Back next week with more Oregon State stuff. Go Beavs.